Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this. We really thank you for this opportunity once again to come together, Lord. We don't know what uh, we don't have until we don't have it. Thank you, Lord. ask that you open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to receive what you would have us receive tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Got your Bible? This is our Bible. I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, before I get on the main subject, I want to talk about... uh, reading Isaiah over the uh, break there. A couple of things hit me, stuck with me for a few days. In Isaiah 38, there's a scripture that talks about those that go down to the pit, pit being hell. Verse 18, it says, For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee, they that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, verse 19, he shall praise thee as I do this day, the father to the children shall make known thy truth. You know, again, you don't know what you don't have till you don't have it. And says here that they that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. In other words, it's over for them. They're in hell now. They're in the pit. They can't even hope for your truth. Here we have the truth. We can follow the truth. We can pursue the truth. And if you don't have the truth, you can at least hope for the truth. But there the truth is gone. You can't hope for it anymore. So you just got to take it while you can and take everything that you can, pursue it while you can, have it while you can. Because those that go down into the pit don't have that anymore. The rich man can't hope for thy truth no more. His five brothers are here on earth. They could have hoped for the truth. And he says, send a dead man back to tell them so they don't end up here. Well, if they don't hope for thy truth, they got Moses and the prophets. If they don't seek them, they're not even going to believe it if a dead man comes and tells them. That was one scripture. And the other scripture that grabbed me was um, Isaiah 66, verse 2. You know, Isaiah is loaded with a lot of treasure. I don't know if anybody's ever really sat down and read that and meditated on it, but that whole book is loaded with gems. We'll start at 66.1. It 
says, Thus says the Lord, The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. He puts his foot on the earth. And all heaven is his throne. He says, Where is the house that you're going to build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? You're going to build this kind of being, a house, where he can go and rest. He puts his foot on the earth. Verse 2 says, For all those things has my hand made. I made everything. What are you going to give me? (laughs) And all those things have been. In other words, I've had them all. I've seen them all. Says the Lord. But to this man will I look. In other words, you know what really interests me? You know what really turns me on as God? Man's character. It says, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. You want to turn God on? That's what turns God on. He says, I, I've made everything. I got everything. What has been, I've, I've, already, I've already seen it. But you know what turns me on? It's a guy who trembles at my word, is of a poor and contrite spirit. You wonder why people, you know, they say, well, you know, that guy went through things and that's why he found God. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what God's looking for. You know, think about that. Rearrange priorities. It's man's character is what he's really looking for. All right, that was just a couple of side notes. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you tonight about approaching God in prayer and receiving. It may seem like an elementary subject, but uh, it really isn't. It is a basic building block, but it's, uh, it's not something that uh, too many people know. And, uh, well, first things first, let's talk about it. Who do you pray to? You don't pray to the saints. You don't pray to Mary to get to Jesus, then Jesus to get to somebody else, and so on and so forth. And I'll surprise you with this. You don't pray to Jesus. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, In that day, this is John 16, 22 and 23. He's talking to his disciples, and he says, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. In other words, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to come back. And you're going to be happy. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day, after I come back, you will no longer ask me anything. Truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, have you not asked for anything in my name? Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. So Jesus plainly He plainly stated it. You don't ask me anything. You go to the Father, like I went to the Father. You pray to the Father. You don't pray to Mary. You don't pray to Muhammad. You don't pray to Buddha. And you don't pray in general God. 
You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Now, why do you pray in the name of Jesus? Just because? You can't go to the throne in your righteousness. All of us, God says, have filthy rags for righteousness. So you approach God in the name of Jesus. You come in Jesus' name. You come clothed with his righteousness. I made this uh, example. I can't go to the bank and go take out the pastor's money just walking in there. I don't have the authority to go in there and take out his money. I didn't use the pastor. I used someone else at the Bible study. (laughs) You go there in the pastor's name. He's authorized you. Then you can go take the money out. You come in the name of Jesus. You come in the righteousness of Jesus. And you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, when you come to the throne of grace... Do you just come? Do you just approach? In Psalm 100, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You come into his courts with thanksgiving and you come into his courts with praise. You come to the Father. You pray to the Father. You close your door behind you. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. So it's just basics. Now, if you come that way, you can come boldly. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly. Don't come in condemnation. You know, if you come in condemnation, you're actually coming with iniquity in your heart. You're not trusting in Jesus. You're not trusting in his righteousness. You're coming with iniquity. You're coming with self-condemnation. Get rid of the condemnation. If you've got sin, go confess it. Repent and get, get that off of you. And then just come boldly. Because... You're going to have to come in faith. In James it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. You're only going to come in faith because he's telling you if you're going to come, you better come in faith. If you're coming in condemnation, you're not going to come in faith. You come in Jesus' righteousness, in his name. You don't condemn yourself. You come boldly, and you're coming in faith, and you're not wavering. 
All right. Preliminaries there. Now, in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, it says this. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, in both of those verses, there's a verse that says, well, verse 24 says, and you shall have them. Verse 23, it says, uh, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now, there are scriptures that precede the having part. In other words, there's things that have to be done before the having. What are they? You got your hand to your chest. What was that? Believe in your heart. Well, that's good. That's, that's number one. We got that one down, right? He said, believe with your heart. What else? With your mouth? There's some saying that goes along with it, right? What else? Hmm? Believe that you receive. What else? Well, we'll get to the unforgiveness. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's another one we'll get to, but no doubt. See that? So there's four things that you have to do according to these verses in order to receive, to actually get. Did you ever think about that? In order to get something, you have to do all these things? Let's read it again. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now what if you don't say it? What after you're prayed for, or what after... What if after you, you pray to God or have someone pray over you, you don't say you have it? According to this verse, you don't get it. Because the having part comes after the saying part. You shall have whatsoever he says. Now, how many people know that? How many people actually do that? Well, I got some prayer today, and, you know, I don't know. Didn't seem like I got anything. Well, not only are you not saying that you got it and you nullified this verse, but you actually turn around and pulled in a Malachi 3. You want to see Malachi 3 for a second? Malachi 3 says, verse 13 says, Your words have been stout 
against me. In other words, I can't overcome your words. I can't even give you what you want because your words are saying just the opposite. And I can't overcome that because I've got a spiritual law here that says you'll have whatsoever you say. And since you're saying the opposite, I can't overcome those words, number one. Number two, you can't receive because the saying part precedes the having part. Matter of fact, the devil has picked up on your words now. And because you believe what you're saying to the negative side and you're saying it and you don't doubt in your heart, then you're going to have that because you're doing this exact verse in reverse to the negative and the devil has a right to enforce it. And it says, and shall not doubt in his heart. That has to come before the having part. Well, I just got prayed for. I don't see it. Well, where, where's the believing from the heart? In other words, you're believing with your eyes. Heart hasn't even entered into the picture. So your having part, you've just nullified because part of this is not only saying it, but believing it with your heart. Not only believing it with your heart, but not doubting in your heart. Now, there might be a doubt that comes through your head. Like, nope, that's not going to happen. You see why so many people you pray for never get nothing? Nobody has been instructed like this in the world. They've got their own ways, their own rules, and expect God just to conform to their rules. When God says, look, this is the way it works. I've got my ways. you got your ways. You conform to my ways, you get what I give you. You don't conform to my ways, you don't get it. Yeah, but I, you know, the priest told me if I prayed to Mary and then Mary intercedes to Jesus and then Jesus will get to the Father and, you know, we'll, we'll get, or, or Jesus will just answer the prayer. First of all, there's only one intermediary between God and man, and that is Jesus. There is no other intermediary. How many people believe you have to actually know you have to say that you have received what you've prayed for or what someone else has prayed for you when you come up for prayer? And then what do you believe? Believe that there's a God? Believe he's a nice God? Believe he's heard your prayer? No. It says, believe you receive. That's the belief that you have to have. Believe, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When's the having part come? After you believe you receive them. And what else, is, what else is in there? Shall not doubt in your heart. What else is in there? Saying it. The salvation scripture, Romans 10. But what saith it? This is how to become righteous with God. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. 
Someone preaches salvation to you. You've heard the message. And he says, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to say it. Praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, I've received. I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. What if you don't confess it? According to this scripture, you ain't getting it. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. A man shall eat the fruit of his lips. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Now, if we put that again into what you have to do before you receive, you're looking at believe that you receive them. So what does that do to what you're praying for? It turns hope into faith. Because hope puts off what you want in the future. Well, I hope God will get around to doing it. I hope so. Well, then you don't have it. And your prayer's not answered, and you can wait till the moon until the cows come home, and it ain't going to work because you don't have it in the present; you have it in the future. Hebrews eleven says, "Now faith is now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for." You believe you receive what you've prayed for, and now you've turned the things that you are hoping for into substance by believing you receive them now. Now, faith is the substance of the thing that you're hoping for. You know, I've uh, been on the horses most of my life. And when I had a winning ticket, I'd put it in my pocket. And I'd see the payoff, you know, and I'd look at the ticket, and I'd put it back in my pocket... <laughs> And I'd say, you got that ticket? Yeah, you, yeah, you got it. <laughs> you know, anybody wins the lottery, you know, you have a lottery ticket. You'd be like, do I got them numbers? I really, do I really? Yeah, I got them. I got them right here. It's right here. I got it. Yeah. And, you, and you've got it right there. Faith is. You've got it now. The prayer, what you've prayed for, what you ask God for, you now have it. It's in your pocket. Faith by faith, you now have that substance, the thing that you're hoping for. Now, what if I just had a winning lottery ticket and I just tossed it? You're like, what? You, what? Or you had a gold coin and just threw it. You come up for prayer. You ask God for it. You properly approach God. You ask God the Father in the name of Jesus. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Righteousness is there for you. You can boldly approach. God gives you mercy. And he says, here it is. It's yours. Ask and you shall receive. Now you sit there and take it. Praise God. And before you hit the doors outside, hi, how's it going? How you feeling? Nah, ain't good. You just took the, you took the lottery ticket and just threw it away. 
threw away your substance. You don't have any substance. And you come to prayer a hundred times, throwing away your substance every time. You know, in Malachi, says this about your tithe. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Here's a promise. You have tither's rights. You have rights as a tither. You have a blessing as a tither. If you give your money as a tithe, you have a right. God says, prove me on this. You can give your money, not know this, and have no benefit whatsoever. If you are a tither, say this, because it's yours. Receive it, take it, keep it, and don't throw it away. I heard a story. There was a young girl who died in a swimming pool. And the, and the sister came out. She called the mother. She says, Mom, Mom, you know, blah, 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 died. You know, I mean, she was drowning. They pulled the girl out of the water. They tried to get her going. They called the paramedics. They came in, and they pumped her and everything else. They couldn't. And uh, finally, the father came home. He saw her. They said, you know, so-and-so has died. She's drowned. And he, he looked up with, with anger, and he says, I'm a tither. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. And boom, the girl came right back to life. He had that in his heart. He knew that blessing. All he had to do was say it. And it was his. Say it, and you shall have it. He had it in his heart. He believed it. And when the time came, he said, I'm a tither. I have rights. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. You come back. And the girl popped back to life. This is a book of promises that if you work it right, if you work it God's way, then you'll have it. If you don't, you won't. And 99% of people don't know, how to, don't know how to receive it, don't know how to take it. And so you look around and nobody gets it, so you just give up on it. Instead of saying, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You know, I put, I put together a lot of things during this break. You know, when I had trouble, I went back to the instructions. Let me figure this out. <laughs> Get my glasses out. Now let's figure this out. If things aren't working, go figure it out. You know, in, in Romans 10, where, where we were, it says... The uh, Jews, Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God that Israel is that, that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. In other words, they, these people pursue God, but they don't know, they don't, they're not pursuing him according to God's knowledge. 
For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. In other words, instead of approaching and receiving God, God's righteousness and being saved his way, they're going about doing it their way. And so, therefore, they perish, and Paul's saying, I, I'm, I'm, like, sick about it. They have a zeal for God. They pursue God, but not according to knowledge. Look at the Muslims. I mean, talk about prayer and spending time pursuing God and then so on and so forth. I mean, they do it. But unfortunately, they're not doing it according to, according to knowledge, not according to God's way. So you pray, and you don't do it God's way, because you decide, I'm going to do it my way. You know, I've heard so-and-so pray this way, and I've heard so-and-so pray this way. And I was raised Catholic, so I, you know, I just say, because you bend down on your God, and you just pray out to God and say, you know, and just keep begging him. Get thousands of people to pray for you, and the person dies. Because I'm doing it my way. How many of those thousand people actually believe they've received and stand on it? And agree on a scripture. 99% of those people haven't even cracked the Bible in six months. Daniel prayed. He saw something in scripture about the Israelites that should have been released. He started praying. It took 21 days. For the angel to get through, king of Persia, representing the devil, to get the answer to the prayer to Daniel. The angel got to him and said, you know, the second you prayed, I, I was delivered. In other words, God heard your prayer, and, we, and we've sent your answer. Well, you got your answer. And Daniel stuck with it till the answer came through. Now, I don't know why sometimes a prayer is answered quickly or sometimes a prayer is answered after a long period of time. I don't know. But God's trying to tell you, look, it's too complicated to even tell you. Just do it my way, and you'll get the result. Don't try to figure it out. Because there's things going on that I couldn't even explain to you. You wouldn't believe, if, you wouldn't believe it if I did. Here's the angels are fighting with the devil to trying to get through to get your answer. So God's supposed to say, where is it? Here, listen, this is how you pray because this is all the stuff that's going on spiritually behind the door. No. Just pray this way, trust me, and you'll have your answer. But no, you want to go, do it, go about it your own way. You want to establish it your own way. You know, it's, 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 you know, pursue your vanity and watch what happens. You know, the centurion, when he went to Jesus, he knew how words worked. He knew how authority worked. He said, I know, I know that if he just says it, it's done. Because I'm a man under authority, and I just say it, and it gets done. It may take some time for the guy to get it done, but he's getting to get it done because I submitted the, I submitted the order. So he went to Jesus, believing, just simply get a word from him. That's it. Didn't doubt in his heart. Put action to his words. To his faith, believed in his heart, doubt not, and said it. To say, Jesus, just say the word. I'm a man under authority. I know how it works. 
Just say it, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus looked at him, marveled. It's amazing. This guy's got it. The woman with the issue of blood. She believed it in her heart. If I just go and touch his clothes, I'm going to be healed. She believed it in her heart. She said it with her mouth. She put actions to her faith. And she was healed. She doubted not in her heart. She had that whole crowd. She's going to get stoned if she gets caught. And then the woman from Canaan. This is Matthew 15, 21 through 28. says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered her and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, here's what she did the second time. In other words, she approached him again. She kept coming. She said, then came she and worshipped him. She brought the worship first. Saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. In other words, I'll take your crumbs because I know your crumbs will work. Just give me the crumbs. She said it. She put actions to her faith. She spoke it. She believed it. She doubted not in her heart. And he said, O woman, Great is thy faith. Actually, another translation says she, he marveled. Jesus marveled. He's like, wow, this girl's got it. Great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You see why most people get nothing? It's really sad. I got a chance to write a book during this whole break. The book's called, You're on Your Way to Hell and You Don't Even Know It. And it's because people are substituting their way of getting into heaven instead of using God's way. They don't humble themselves and submit to God's ways. No, I'm going to get there my way. I'm a good person. I'm going to believe in another religion. I'm going to believe in Buddha and go. I'm going to believe in Muhammad and go. I'm going to put my trust in the saints. I'm going to trust, I'm, trust in Mary. I'm going, to, I'm going to trust in my own goodness. You see what they're doing? They're just substituting their way for his way. And when you pray and substitute your prayer way for his prayer way, You've just lost out. 
humble yourself, submit to God's way, and get your prayers answered. Make the book a real book. Make it truly a book of promises. And it says the just shall live by faith. But what are you trusting in God for, even right now? If you're saying nothing, and you're not living in a way that's pleasing to God. Ever think about that? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You could do good works. You can do a lot of good things, and you can, uh, you know, read your Bible and do all that kind of stuff. But if you're not believing for nothing, you don't have faith for anything, you're not standing on anything, he's got all his glorious riches and inheritance in the saints. He's provided it all there for you. It's all ready to be grabbed and taken. And you're sitting there on earth saying, you know, I'll do it my way. And if he doesn't answer, well, you know, I didn't really expect him to answer anyway. Yeah, you're really thrilling God that way. You're really thrilling him. Remember, he's made it all. He's done it all. The only thing that really pleases him is the character of a man. And faith is a big part of that character. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.